Hello everyone, welcome back to my solo road. My name is Sydney, I live in a van, and this is my podcast. This week I'm sitting down with the one and only, my dad and my mother. So, I wanted to discuss this week. <laughs> my dad's already laughing, this is not gonna go well at all, but I've been told that I'm not allowed to restart either. So, why don't you introduce yourselves? Ladies first. I'm Sydney's mom, Sharon. I am Divine on the Road's dad. My oh name my is Sean. God. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be interesting. Yeah, those all. Yeah, they're all really. What do you wanna, they're what interesting do? people. Real fun. Real yeah, detailed. No, we're good. <laughs> we're detail oriented. Okay. Well, <laughs> I for <laughs> my introduction, all I have is introduce the parents and grab wines. <laughs> <laughs> I did think they'd say more words than just that. But I do have some questions, and I, I think this will be a fun episode. We've been looking forward to doing it for a very long time, so I am excited. We're sitting at the kitchen table where so many conversations have taken place off the microphone, so I think it will be fun to kind of get to you guys to get to know a part of me that I may not have explained so well or dug very deep into, but we will do that as soon as we grab our beverages and you do the same. So we will be right back. So, we are back. Uh, my dad has the splendid idea of telling you what we're drinking tonight. Everyone's moving around far too much, so just chill, okay? <laughs> I am drinking coffee with what type of cream? Uh, non-dairy. Creamer. Creamer? Yeah. Okay, regular creamer. I don't know. Every time I'm home, my dad spoils me, and he does make my coffee for me sometimes, so he did that for me. Mother? I'm drinking water. Fun. I sorry. Oh, I do want to say, by the way, before before somebody calls me out, I'm not drinking wine right now because it is, well, seven o'clock. I guess I thought it was a little bit later than that, but I don't know. I'm not feeling it so much right now. Coffee just sounded delightful. So don't be pressured into drinking, Sydney. You do it. I know. Like. I know. Say no, kids. Yeah, I just went to no. Samuel Adams Cold Snap. So he's I've the only one here for a party. Yeah. Only one here for a good time. Yeah. Well, the party be over <laughs> about eight thirty. So. <laughs> <laughs> how we roll. This is yeah. going to be the last thing we do tonight. All right. So I do have the first line here to introduce yourselves. Go into a little more depth than we may have gone into previously. Share what you do for a living. I don't I don't care. Your religious beliefs, your age, <laughs> <laughs> your, okay. your zodiac sign. I don't really care. So Let's, let the people know who you are. Contra- Again, if you missed it, my name is Sean. But it, contrary to popular belief... We are very much a blue-collar, hard-working family in the Midwest. I'm a retired firefighter, and I had a friend who owned a company, a hunting-related company. He owned uh, and started another one. All the vegans right now are triggered. That's okay. That's you know that's but we can get into that too. That's yeah, that's, why I do. Want to I talk love about the that. vegan community. So if you're triggered, then shame on you because I love you. <laughs> um, so and then he started another company, and I was fortunate enough to have him. Asked me if I'd like to, to run that company. And so after 26 years, I retired from the Indianapolis Fire Department. I quit all my jobs. And <laughs> He uh, has, my dad, my whole life worked minimum two jobs, but typically it was three. Which is pretty standard for firefighters. We, you know, you're on a day and you're off for two. So, yeah, family demands pretty much yeah. that you, you make more money. So Yeah, I recently learned, I don't know if it was from a commercial. I feel like it was for something else that people don't know. That firemen work for 24 hours. That's their typical shift. And then you get 48 hours off. So that was his schedule always. Weekends, holidays, like that's your schedule. 24 hours on, 48 hours off. And then sometimes you pick up a shift. Right. Yeah, I remember telling my dad. He was like, do you know when you work next week? And I'm like, I know when I work for the next 20 years. I'm good. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, so now I'm just real fortunate that I get to come home every night. And I'm home on the weekends. And I've, I've made my passion my paycheck for... Frankly, a third time. So I feel very blessed by that. Beautiful. Again, my name is Sharon, and I actually work for Carhartt Workwear, and I'm very fortunate that I can work out of the house. I do travel quite a bit, and I'm a visual merchandiser. She travels in the worst places. (laughs) By travel, she means she drives a rental car to Nebraska sometimes (laughs) to work in a tractor supply store. Or Rural Kings store. Rural Kings. She's a virtual merchandiser for, a visual merchandiser, I'm sorry, for um, Carhartt though, which is very cool. Because Carhartt's like a, that's a cool brand. It just so happens that in this area, 
instead of it being like an urban brand, which it is, it just is also a farming brand. Which it has been right. since day one. The urban kids <laughs> kind of stole the look. They totally stole it. And it's a company that's family-owned. It's been around for more than 130 years, and it's a great company to work for. I feel very fortunate. The travel isn't always as exotic as people tend to think that it is. And everyone makes fun of me. For All you have to say is, I travel for a living. I do, and they think it's wonderful. Yeah, love that. I mean, you so. also traveled before that, the company you worked for before this, so you've kind of always been, she's always been on the road. She's always been the real van life. <laughs> Maybe that's where I got it from. I don't, I don't know. Well, you got a lot from her. Yeah, I am literally the spitting image of my mother in every possible way, but I'm sure we'll get into that as well. But yeah, that's kind of a little bit about... Actually, I do have a question for you already. Why did you say, Dad, when you were bringing that up, that it was contrary to popular belief? Oh, because I read... So you've had articles recently, you've had articles published, and I read your Instagram like, I mean... I'm your number one or one A fan on Instagram, so He's, you know I read. He is my number one. Uh, you know I read every comment, and when the jackasses say you come from a rich family or you travel on daddy's dime, it really pisses me off because it couldn't be further from the truth. It is frustrating coming from your parents because we do see those negative comments, and we have seen how hard you've worked for years. Not even for this, but for everything that you've done. And you work so hard for everything you do. And to have people treat you so poorly or to talk to you like, you know, somebody's just handing you tons of money. Right. Is just, it's very frustrating for us because it's definitely not the case. Yeah. But the good thing is that everybody listening to this podcast, at least 99% of them typically are coming from Instagram, which people are very supportive and they're loving. So amongst those negative comments, we do get lots and lots of love. And I'm very grateful for that as well. And I pay much more attention to that than I do the mean stuff. And because... When someone says something about you that's so untrue that you're just kind of like, okay, you know what I mean? Like, sure. sure. I mean, we get social media too. We, we, you know, we're not, well, we don't follow you're the, hip the to haters. It. Yeah. I mean, I mean, hip's not a very hip word, but yeah. <laughs> yes. We're, we, we know what the haters are. That's who they are. They're just, they're miserable people. But again, I don't want to bring down the podcast. If any of the haters have a problem, uh, write to Sydney and she can tell you where you can find me. <laughs> we can talk about it. Yeah. It's my mother's laugh. Welcome to it. <laughs> Sorry. No, okay. I have it too. It's okay. Same laugh as every female in the family. Yeah. yeah that is the one trait we all have gotten. Um, okay. So first real question here. What was your reaction? And I want both of you to answer really each question. What was your reaction when I told you that I wanted to live in a van? And more or less, was it expected of me. Obviously, you didn't expect me to come to you and be like, hey, can I live in a van? Or not even can I, but like, do you approve of this idea? But obviously, you wouldn't expect that. Do you know what I mean? But like, right, right. Would you expect it of my type of person because yes. I am a little strange? Well, I don't know that I would call you strange, but you've always marched to your own beat. And we that's were- quite the nice way of saying strange. <laughs> <laughs> and we've always loved that. But when you first brought it up, we had no idea what it was. Right. And if I remember correctly, I think it was the very first meeting that you had a book with a entire presentation on how you were going to get started, what you, how you were going to make money, how much money you needed. You had it all laid out page by page. And quite frankly, your dad and I look at each other and think, well, it's a little difficult to argue with this. Like, yeah. she's done a ton of research. She knows what she's doing. But we immediately get on our phones and hit Instagram and start looking up van life. And we start following all these van life people because we had no idea what it was. And like most people, you say, I want to live in a van. They're thinking of a van, just an old beat up van. Like a minivan or something. Right, right. That you're just going to sleep in the back of a van somewhere and had no idea that it was basically yeah, a, it definitely a takes tiny a, home on wheels. Yeah, it takes like a visual representation of kind of knowing what that is. Absolutely. Yeah. You said a book, and I was actually going to bring this up later, but I think it. I, you said this book, and so it just reminded me. I had this vision a couple nights ago of when I was leaving to – Cape Town. And this was the first thing. So before van life, I, I, I couldn't talk about this more. So I honestly feel stupid for ever bringing it up because I bring it up 20 times, which I don't mean to, but it was 
quite a life-changing experience, so I kind of draw on it frequently. But I had the same thing for when I went to South Africa. I had a book. I had this binder of every hotel I was going to stay at, the name of the front desk at the hotel that I was going to ask for when I got there, the Airbnbs, the codes for the doors of the Airbnbs, like literally every shred of information that I could need I had in this binder. And Dad, do you want to – do you remember what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. 100%. I know. Okay. I just want – I don't want to have to tell the end. I I will tell the whole story. I don't care, but I would love to hear your perspective on what happened. Well, we, we took a subway. We took the L in Chicago to O'Hare, and we were saying goodbye to you. And like and any, they drove to Chicago just to say goodbye. Right. And so, we, we you know, we took you to the airport, and your mom in particular was like, you know, I don't know if, if she's ever going to know where we're going to see her again. And so you had your whole file in, in your under your arm. The whole binder. And yeah, we were like, no, I was like, she'll be fine. She's going to be great. And you took three steps to go towards security, and you dropped all of it, and all your paperwork went all over the floor, all over the, the terminal there at O'Hare. And your mom, I think your mom, like, broke down and started crying. She's like, yeah, we're, she's, she's never coming she's back. She's done. She's I, done. She, she can't do this. I really did look him in the face, and I said, we're never going to see her again, are we? And you just looked up and started laughing because you knew. Oh, I knew. Because I had told you, put the paperwork in your backpack. No, 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 no. I want all my paperwork in my hand so I know where it is. The moral of the story is to get a binder with the spirals in there and then you can just lock it all in place. (laughs) So if you drop your binder, which is human nature, you won't have 50 papers flying all over the terminal, which is one, humiliating for everyone around you, but more humiliating when you've convinced your parents for the last three months that you can do this and you can go to South Africa. (laughs) So it wasn't the best start, but I will say that... Was my biggest mistake at the entire time. Went to Africa, had a great time, left, and everything was successful. But yeah, what, do you have anything to say about when I told you about van life? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if we've ever talked about this exactly because you know I me, mean, I didn't, I wasn't crazy about it. But uh, yeah, I hated it. I mean, I thought it was ridiculous. Did um, you hate it because you were scared for me, or did you hate it because you thought it was stupid? I, I hated it. Well, I'm talking about initially, and yeah, you know, I like to simmer on things. So I mean, I just want, I need all the facts, and then once I have all the facts. I needed a few days or even a couple of weeks, something this big, to just to think about it. That's all. Yeah. Initially, I thought, why can't she just be normal? Why can't we just <laughs> finally have she just she's graduating college? Why can't she get a job? And why can't we freaking just sleep well at night and just chill? Just why can't why can't that happen? That was my initial thought. Then my next thought is I gotta stop this from happening. And then Somewhere after that, you start to kind of look into it. Um, you had all the answers. So you're, it's, it was totally, it was nothing like a kid coming to you saying, hey, I just want to go do this. Uh-huh. You had every answer. Every time we asked a question, you had an answer. And then we even talked about, okay, can you do a business plan? You know, if this is a long-term play, can you do a business plan and figure out how this would work? And then this was when you were with your, your previous boyfriend, too. Uh-huh. So after a while, it was pretty obvious that you could do it. And you were and well, and we've learned from Africa, and we've learned from several other incidents. I went to Europe with uh, Emily, and right. I said with Italy right. that when you say you're going to do something, it happens. I mean, it fl- it flat happens, and I don't want to take up a, a bunch of this podcast with with kids' stories or whatever. But my my issue was safety. Obviously, it's like where are you going to sleep? Well, I don't understand. Where do you stay in the van? Uh-huh. And you know, Walmart parking lots. Bad answer. <laughs> That's not a good answer. But then, you know, Cracker Barrels, Cabela's, all those things kind of come up. And then it was just more of a, okay, why would we want her to be a, a nine-to-fiver like everybody else? Because anybody in this world who's ever really achieved, I don't even say greatness, happiness, success, however you define it, took a risk. They did something different. And we felt that the chances of you being successful were far greater if we were supportive. Far right. greater, and so that's kind of where. It, and after a week or ten days, whatever. Okay, I'll, I'm okay. I'm on board here. I don't love it. I still don't. I mean, I still don't just go. Oh, it's the neatest thing. She's just, <laughs> you know, I haven't talked to her for a couple of days, but I still. But I'm just, you know, obviously impressed with with what's going on. But no, I, I mean, when you were 13, 12 or thirteen, you wanted to be a model, and I come home one day and you're on the computer and you're looking for apartments. And you're you're doing the math. You're in well, New York, in not New apartments York. here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, looking for apartments in New York. Well, if I make this, 
and I can I can afford this little studio here in Chelsea. And you're 13, and when you would tell us about that, when you would like look at us and explain it, it was odd because you're like, oh yeah, I believe you. I mean, you weren't a kid talking. You're like, that's going to happen. That is going to happen for her. Uh, and then there's the famous bagpipe story where you she and I watched a eight. movie when you were eight. This is my favorite story. You and I, when when you were eight, we watched, uh, I think it was Walking Tall, and there was a scene in it with bagpipes. And I probably mentioned, I love bagpipes. Just love the way they sound. Kind of fire. They bring tears to my eyes to yeah, this day. Yeah, if I hear bagpipes, especially playing Amazing Grace, I'll oh, choke up. Love it. But it's a firefighter's um, funeral thing. And, I don't know, a month later, there's a box on our porch, and we open it up, it's bagpipes. And you had got on my eBay account, found the bagpipes, used the funds in my account to buy yourself bagpipes. <laughs> so Sure did. You know, when you get something in your head, man, it's 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 going to happen. It's and sooner or way, later, it's going to happen. She never played them, because then she decided well, no, because they were adult bagpipes. I didn't decide they were adult bagpipes. Well, they were. Yeah. You Figured you, out, and you didn't have enough air to fill them up. And three years later, you sold them on eBay for the exact same amount that you purchased them for. You girl know how to manage money. <laughs> <laughs> so Even we, Steven. <laughs> so we don't question a whole lot. Yeah. It's an investment. <laughs> I did want to learn so you badly. Did. And I sure tried. You did. Yeah. But it just didn't work out. No. If you're eight years old out there listening to this podcast, the advice of this one is uh, to get child-sized podcast or bagpipes. Get a flute. Yeah, <laughs> get the recorder that your teacher's giving you. Um, well, your dad used to teach you how to play online poker, and you told him at one oh, point. Oh, I totally forgot about that. You told him one day you needed your own credit card because if you had money, you would be making money. Yeah, and I we did. were like, well, no. no. My dad used to play with real like money. He used to play online poker sometimes. Like this was a hobby. It's not like he was like playing poker all the time. But uh, and if he was in the middle of a hand but had to leave, he would leave me at the computer to finish the hand. You remember that? Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, um, I forgot all of these things. So, wow, I'm highly <laughs> impressed with myself. <laughs> so no, the van life thing didn't surprise us at all. Good. We just needed more education. Okay, and that kind of goes into my next question of what traits do you think you have or why exactly do you think I ended up this way? And I ask that because I have an older sister who is three years older than I am, and she is the absolute polar opposite than me. So she, yeah, so she's 26, 27? 28. 28. <laughs> um, she's 28 years old, and she has a two-year-old son, a husband, who she's been married to for a few years now, and is living like the very typical American dream. All she ever wanted since she was 10 was a big house, a white picket fence, a huge family. And I mean, she, what makes her happy in life is stability and kind of knowing her next steps. Right. So, like, what do you think made me so different? Do you think that there was something in the way that you raised us or me? Or do you think I got a traits from you or you? I'm looking at your mom. I think you got traits from your mom. Your mom, where she grew up, she wanted to get out of there as fast as possible. And Casey, your, your sister, uh-huh. is just like me. When I grew up, I just wanted a normal family. I just wanted to hang. I just wanted to be the parent in what was a great relationship. I wanted to be the other side of that, with, you know, with my dad. And so... I, I really can't talk about why you were like this because Casey is has is like what I want. And she got it, by the way. We're very proud of her. Oh yeah, no, yeah. She's fully living exactly what she wanted to be doing. Do you disagree? And I get no, I agree. Because I did. I mean, I grew up in a very small farm town and couldn't wait to leave. Shout out to Rushville. I always wanted to live downtown New York. I didn't know exactly Manhattan because I didn't know we didn't have the internet. And I didn't even know it was an option. So I just knew I wanted to at least be in Indianapolis. I didn't want to live in a small town. I didn't want to... Big city. She wanted to be in the big town. <laughs> she wanted to be in the big city of Indianapolis. Indianapolis. I just didn't know what was even out there. Like, And we, you were also under very strict rules and guidelines. She lived, She grew up in a very a farm town, but also a, a very farm family. And your father was pretty strict with you. And right. Like, wanted us to date a farmer, wanted us to marry a farmer, wanted us to stay in Rushville. And even though both my parents loved to travel, so we did travel as kids, but it was never, like, neither one of my parents even tried to get us to go to college. Like, that was just 100% on us on whether or not we wanted to go. So, were they willing to pay for your college? No. They paid a little bit of money the first two years we were out of high school, regardless of what we were going to do. And that okay. was it. That's something. 
So they just didn't push it. And like I said, I mean, without having the internet and without having someone in my life making me realize that there was so much more available, I just didn't know. I just knew where I was was not where I wanted to be. And I always wanted an apartment downtown. I wanted to walk everywhere. And you went to Chicago. And every time we visited, that's all I could think about. And I thought it was wonderful. Oh, that's awesome. Because you guys did push me to go to college. And at least at the time, I wished that you hadn't. So do you wish that your parents, you said that they didn't push you to go to college. Do you wish that they would have cared a little bit more and wanted you to go? Yes, I do. Because in our generation, by the time I got out of college, it was very much the mindset that if you didn't have a college degree, you were never going to make any money, that you were never going to go anywhere in life, that you were never going to do much if you didn't have a college degree. And that was obviously before the internet was such a big thing. Exactly. the only reason, to be perfectly honest... That was pretty true. I mean, farming was kind of the only thing that you could do without a college degree and make a pretty good living. Right. Was there, I and, mean, unless I'm wrong, was there other not things? Even, I mean, because now everything I know of not going to college and becoming pretty, people are, are is that offensive? Is that rude? To what? I mean, I'm going to leave this in regardless, but people not being successful if they didn't have a college degree, or was that true? No, there was a, opportunities for college graduates are, were far more than they are today. Okay. Yeah, right. back then. That's what there I thought, very, but I don't want to say divided. that without having really right. known. No, because mm-hmm. I, I agree. I think in this day and age with the internet, I think there are a lot of people who can be very successful without college degrees, depending on what you want to do with your life. Mm-hmm. However, I will never regret sending you to college because you went to Chicago and you went somewhere different where you wanted to go. And I feel like that turns you into the person that you are. Today, I think Chicago it, is the reason that I am who I am. Exactly. Which and is ironic because it's also the thing I ran from to go to the ex- new van life. Exactly. But I still would never regret having sent you there. Right. Because you were so happy the majority of the time that you were there. And I just think it taught you a lot. So I'm super happy that we, we wanted you to go to college. Love that. If you could name one thing that you would rather me be doing, is there something that you'd rather me be doing? Modeling. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, I don't say that lightly either. And, and look, the, the the safety thing is just it's just worrisome. That's all for me. It, uh-huh. it, and it always is. I believe in my heart you could have been uh, a model and been a very successful. One. I'm not saying you would have been a supermodel. Of course, I think you could have been. But <laughs> just yeah, you? I think you could have been a model or even better or more so a spokesperson. Obviously, what we're doing tonight, what you the way you write, you're very talented, and 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 I think. Eventually, you know, I, I think that, that some of that stuff will come around and will be the way you make a living. Thank you. Sure. I don't think people really know that yet. And I probably, I'll probably do a podcast on it very soon, but I do not make a living yet from my writing on Instagram or, I mean, I started to dabble in ads, but I'm not really making actual money from it. I, I actually pay money for my podcast. I pay to have it edited and I paid for all of the equipment, obviously, and all of that. So, what I'm doing right now is trying to kind of build something. I'm not really getting paid to be doing what I'm doing. I've I've talked about it on my podcast before, but the majority of my income for anybody who does not know is based off of my website. That's how I make most of mine. I'm trying to transition it into multiple different avenues. Sure. To have a little extra. And I think you will. I mean, I have complete faith in everything you're doing because you work so hard at it. And I've seen you every time that you're home We always think, oh, we're going to go do this. We're going to go do this. And you're working the majority of the time that you're here. I was here sleeping. (laughs) Thank you. My parents wake up at 5 a.m. without fail. So if I sleep until 8 o'clock, as soon as I open my eyes, my parents are like, you're just going to waste this whole day? You're just going to say you're going to sleep the whole day? I'm like, good Lord, the rest of the world is still asleep. Especially you're coming from a different time zone, especially this time. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. If I wake up at 8 o'clock here, it's 5 a.m. home. Well, I say home as in California, even though. Yeah. Okay. So in what ways has me doing this changed your own life? Whether that inspired you to do something. And by saying that, I'm, I am very clearly hinting at something I'd like I you know. to talk about, as well as what type of added stress it has given you. You go, babe. A lot of added stress. Always and forever. 
Always and forever. I mean... I'll be the reason that they die. <laughs> I have said that since you were a Been little girl. killing them since, <laughs> since I turned like this 10. This girl will be the death of me. No, it was much younger than that. Probably the first time you had to go to the hospital for stitches. <laughs> just, Tell some of those stories. <laughs> not, not yet, no. not yet. But no, the stress and the worry. I mean, every night I look on my phone to see where you are and say prayers that you're going to be okay and that you're going to be safe. And every morning I wake up and I do exactly the same thing. She has tears in her eyes right now. I know. So lame. <laughs> She's about to cry. But That's, it is. I mean, we worry. Yeah, it's rough. Give it, it emotion. The, the, the people really like that. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the worry, the, the worry's gotten better. It's, it has it's gotten, gotten better. better. Lee is a part of that. You know, when you're out West, I know there's at least somebody out there that's close to you. But, you know... When the phone rings in the middle of the night, and it's, your heart you, it's stops. usually it stops, man. And you know, I the first, your mom won't answer the phone. She'll say hello, and then before she can even hear anything, I'm like, "Is it Sydney? Is it Sydney?" And she's like, "Yes." And then the, then I I listen for laughter of some kind, and if there's no laughter, then okay, now do we have a problem? And you have called us in the middle of the night a couple of times, just enough to where. It, Okay, it still could happen. You know, she still could have an issue. And, you know, like I said, most everything's fine. But then I think, have you talked on a podcast about disappearing a couple weeks ago? I think I did. I can't, I'll be honest, I can't really, I've now had to tell that story so many times. I don't know. Yeah, well, suffice to to say, that was horrible. That was, that was horrendous. We could, we lost track of Sydney for, 24 hours tops. The people that I work with. It wasn't. Like, it was not quite 24 well, hours. You're right. You're it right. wasn't. But the people I work with are like, so? It's 24 hours. Relax. <laughs> I'm like, no, this is different. This is something's not right. And when you're a parent, your mind's, you know, once it starts going downhill, it's a snowball, man. And it just starts going and going and going. And like we said, we were planning on flying to L.A. I was packing a flashlight because I was like, well, let's see. If I get there, I rent a car. It's a three-hour drive. And I'll start searching. It'll be in the dark, so I need a couple of good flashlights. Good grief! So, I mean, I'm. Thinking, I don't ever want to be a parent. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not. Well, I mean, most tough. times great, but I mean, it's it's on the other end of that too. It's challenging when Casey calls us in the middle of the night or right. super late because you know something something may happen to have Mason or her or Chad or whatever. So it's like you just those phone calls as parents. You just worry. It's just... Right. It does get better. It's better at times. I think it's also important, and I do try to do this, but I I mean, obviously, I forget often. As soon as I call you and I know it's in the middle of the night, you, I try and say, hello, everything is fine. Like, right. before you even get in a word. Which you have gotten way better about that. I mean, you really yeah. have. I don't and know that, why I'm calling you in the middle of the night if everything is fine. Because you forget sometimes that there's a three-hour time difference. Oh, yeah. And... For us, you know, we, we go to bed early. So. Yeah, I think it's important for people that are listening that are, like, considering uh, van life or even a similar life that, one, we have find my iPhone. Uh-huh. So, I can see where your phone is anytime. And your mom can, too. So, anytime I can get on my phone, I can see where your phone is. And then, also through Verizon, we have the Go Hum app or the Hum app. Yeah, it's called Hum. And that says where your van is. So, if your van and your phone are in the same place... It's all good. Right. And, but when you lose signal out west in the mountains, that's when we've had an issue. But in the past, you've always just called and said, hey, I'm going to be without signal for a couple, you know, a day or whatever. And then, then we're fine. So I think last couple of weeks ago, it just, it, everything kind of converged and it was a little rough. But I'm going to talk, let me talk about inspiration. Which, okay. Thank you. Let's add a little bit yeah, of fun. Let's, yeah, yeah let's no get kidding. I was going to say. Quite the downer mom let's, over here crying. Sorry. No, with, I appreciate it. You know, not to sound like old people, but with the internet and social media and all that kind of stuff, the world has opened up so much that people like you is what people think. People like young people today have such an opportunity. But the fact of the matter is we have the same Everyone opportunity. Does. We probably have more of an opportunity because we have more resources at this point of our lives and the flexibility to be like, hey, you know, if we wanted to quit our jobs and sell our house, what you're doing looks pretty good. Honestly, I mean, and I wouldn't, with our grandson, it's it's not going to happen. But some semblance of it might, you know, and we're taking a vacation in April, two weeks, and we're renting an RV out west, and we're going to make a big loop and come see you in Tahoe. and Go to the Grand Canyon. Yeah, that's going to be a good go test. Go to Yosemite. Yeah, that's going to be a I'm cool excited. test for us because, you know, 
Do you it, think you would do that if I wasn't doing what I'm doing? Oh, no, no, no. no. Not even close. We mm. would fly to those places, rent a car, stay in hotels, and we would go hiking because we've liked hiking mm. and we've hiked for years. So I think we would do maybe something similar, but we wouldn't get an RV and we wouldn't even consider that that avenue of it. Good. I, I think one of the things we always told you and Casey – was options. We just wanted we wanted to provide you with a life that gave you options. You want to stay home? You want to build a house 20, 10 miles from here and live there? That's awesome if that's your choice. But if you have no choice and you have to live somewhere or you have to, to you know, live in your car or whatever, that's that's a bad situation. And so we just wanted to give you options. And I think we told you you can do or be whatever you wanted to be. Literally, that sounds like a parent thing to say, but I, we were very... Literal in it. You you can do whatever you want to do. And I will say, like, they have backed me in literally everything I've ever wanted to do. I When I wanted to be a model, my mom paid for a plane ticket, flew me to New York, and we had arranged a photo shoot with... I don't even know what it was. A, a professional pro- photographer at a modeling agency. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, he was mm-hmm. a photographer who had a connection with an agency. The agency had contacted me, or I probably contacted them. I can't remember. And the agency wanted me to work with this photographer for a couple days and like do this like 12-hour photo shoot. I was 15, 16, something. I was in high school. Probably, yeah. yeah. And uh, like they booked the flights. I went to New York. We stayed in a hotel for a couple nights. We did that. I didn't end up being a model. Then I went to college. They supported me in going to an art school in Chicago, although my dad really wanted me to go to a state school in Indiana because it would have been literally a fraction of the cost. Although now I'll just be in debt for my rest of my life. Should have listened to that one. <laughs> um, but I, like I said earlier, I don't regret going to Chicago. But then while I was in art school, I wanted to become a yoga instructor. So then they allowed me to go to a separate school, basically. I took a year of while I was working full-time and I was going to school full-time. I was in yoga teacher training for a year, and I think you paid, like, half of that. You paid half, we, we paid, paid half. what? Okay, I was going to say it was, like, $2,000, <laughs> which is a lot of money, but still. We paid half, you paid half. Because you were working full-time. Yeah. And so, then, I mean, but it's, I mean, I, I'm really that person who's had a dream after a dream after a dream after a dream. And even when I've gone to them being like, I think I'm going to live in a van. They're always like, okay, it might take five minutes, but like, we'll get on board. And it is true. I, I believe what you said. And I'm lucky enough that you said that. Therefore, like, I can actually believe in it that the more you support your children or whoever, the bigger chance that person has at being successful at it. Because not only... Does it just give support and like, I don't know, add that element to it? But it made me believe in myself 10 times more. I was like, say it gives you more confidence. Right. I didn't think it was so crazy to be a model because you guys never acted like I was crazy for it. You know, I think some other parents who aren't as supportive might be like, okay, but you should definitely have a backup plan. And you guys never instilled that in me at all. You're like, oh, you want to be a model? Okay, well, then we're going to contact an agency and we'll get you to New York. And then I wanted to go to school and you were like, okay, well then we need to figure out how you're going to get into this school. And then the yoga thing, you know, you guys always just kind of were like, okay, you want to do that? Then let's figure out how. Flying you to New York sounds like it's like some extravagant thing. So let's be clear on that. A couple Southwest airline tickets are a couple hundred bucks. So we literally could fly you to New York and your mom and just put you up in a hotel for... I'm not eight, even sure we paid for the hotel because I used points because yeah, I travel all the eight, time. Eight, nine hundred $900. We're talking about a thousand bucks. Right. Well, so, I guess well, maybe I it's. Don't want people to think it's like, oh, we'll fly you to New York to be a model. Right. Not at all. It's just like, you know, if you you really want your kids to be successful, you can find eight or nine hundred dollars. You know, you, I can cut out something. It's, it's not that big a deal. There's, right. It's, it's out there. You just I, I think do it. going along with that, too. Although you were always really, really emotionally and, you know, morally, I I don't know the word, supportive in every other way, you've been financially supportive as well. But I have paid for... A lot. Yeah, as much as... The lion's share, for sure. Yeah, I mean, if if I'm very lucky in the way that if I went to my parents tomorrow and I said, I have to have a place to stay, they would obviously, like, they would allow me, I shouldn't say obviously because it's not for some people, they would allow me to stay here. And if I needed $100... To feed myself the next week, which I have, I have been able to feed myself. Thank God. <laughs> if I needed a hundred dollars to feed Is myself, this you asking for hundred yeah, dollars? We'll talk after the podcast. Um, a little hungry, but no. If I needed that, they can 
even whether they have a hundred dollars or not, you they would we would find it. it. We would make it happen. And my thing with the whole van life, it was either be on board and be really supportive, or you're going to do this anyway, and you're going to drive away in your house. And we may never see you again. Right. If you're not supportive, your kids are going to just want to go away from you. Right. And not have anything to do with you. And you've already said you have times where people almost make fun of you because you talk to us all the time. Right. I mean, that's why me going away for 24 hours was so bizarre because I really do check in with them every single day. But the thing is, for the same people who've reached out, you know, nervous to tell their parents and all of that, like... You owe it to your parents to do that. The reason I check in with them every day is not because I need to talk to my parents every day. To be perfectly honest, I talk to them way too much and it gets borderline frustrating for me because my mom will call me, we'll talk for 30 minutes, then my dad will call me and I have to tell him everything I just told my mom because my mom's out of town so they aren't together. So then I have to tell him for 30 minutes exactly what I just told my mom. Then my sister will call me and it really does feel like, I mean, I'll spend a couple hours on the phone checking in with everyone, but the reason I do it is because I get to do what I'm doing and they are supportive of it. So I feel an obligation. Like I do owe it to my parents to check in with them and to talk to them, tell them what's happened in the day, tell them what Lee and I are doing or tell them about the dogs. Like if like Pearl had a rash a couple weeks ago and for like every day for a week after that, both my parents were like, okay, so how is Pearl? And it's like, it's not just supportive. Like you guys genuinely care about each detail that I'm telling you on a daily basis. So I do feel like it's, I don't know, for anybody out there who thinks they won't want to check in every day or they think it's uh, frustrating that their parents would ask for that or expect it, I think to some degree, like, we owe that to you. Like, I owe that to you. Yeah, I don't want you to do it because you owe it. I mean, I like to think you call because you want to talk for a second, but I get it. But I Disregard everything I just said. So then disregard everything I just said. No, I get it. I understand what you're saying. I just, you know... Uh, yeah, I like it. I like hearing from you. Even a text, though. A text is fine. A text lets me know you're alive. Yeah. Have a password, just in case. If I ask you if you're okay on text, and you say, yeah, everything's fine, I don't know that that's you. It could be the person who's kidnapping you saying that. And so, we have a password, and, you know, if I say, hey, what's the password? Then you can tell me what the password is, and then I know. So, I don't know. Makes me feel better. Yeah. No, I like that. But I would like to, I I mean, I guess it's already even been said. I kind of, it goes without asking whether or not you really approve of this lifestyle. However, I would like you to speak to other parents whose kids are coming to them with this and what you would tell that parent, what your best advice is for those parents. I would say to anybody who has a child, young adult, that is coming to them saying they want to live in a van you know, first of all, we all remember the Chris Farley skit on Saturday Night Live. It's living in a van down by the river. You will hear that a thousand times. Every, so many times. Every relative you tell, oh, down by the river? Mm-hmm. Yeah, all right. That's not funny anymore. But this is, and you know, we're in the Midwest. Out west, west of the Rockies, I'm guessing, it this is a legit thing. It's a real thing. You know, Sydney's been to van gatherings with 200, 300 vans, and these people live in these tiny homes. And that's what they are. They're tiny homes. Calling them a van's a little misleading, frankly. So the first thing I would say is that it's out there and it can be done. That it, it is possible. It's not even that weird. But you know your kid better than anybody. So does history tell you that they can do this? Have their actions in the past proven to you that they're responsible enough to live on their own, lock their doors every night, pay attention to their surroundings, especially a girl. You know, it's tough. And there's enough movies out to put any kind of imagination in a dad's head. So you got to have to ignore those. But there is an extremely supportive community in the van life world, in the community. And they I don't know if you watch out for each other, do you? I mean, physically. I guess at gatherings you would. But other than that, it's kind of impossible uh, it's kind of a nomad lifestyle, and it's kind of – I think it's kind of that um, – oh, there was a movie. It's like the guy goes to a bunch of dreams, and this is the kind of dream that we always wanted. Like our generation is always, boy, it should be nice just to quit your job and travel around the country. But social media and technology and, you know, the, the camping technology that's that's, you know, burdened lately – makes it possible. It's a real thing. You know, working remotely is not even 
It's, it's really not it's that not weird. Even that, yeah, it's normal. There's all kinds of things. Well, we just saw a big hotel chains hiring 700 people to work remotely. So that's 700 jobs that you could do from a laptop and a Wi-Fi connection on the road somewhere. That's 700 people who could be living in a van. Absolutely. You or- could live in Des Moines in your apartment and do this all the time. Or you could be at Yosemite one day and Malibu the next and, and up in Wyoming and at Yellowstone doing the same job. So it's actually a thing. It's very doable. You have to set some parameters and you had set kind of a deadline. You had kind of set a, to put a time limit on it. It's like, if this doesn't work out for me in a certain amount of time, then, then I'll get rid of the van and I'll, I'll step away. Fortunately, and I wouldn't say luckily, but it's, it's worked out. It's working out very well for you. That's because you work your butt off. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I would say have your kid explain in writing, put down, here's what I want to do. Here's why I want to do it. And here's how I'm going to do it. That's what I was going to say. Does your kid come to you with a plan? I mean, if kids are asking you, Sydney, how can I tell my parents? What should I do? How should I go about telling them? Having a plan. I mean, having it down in writing so your parents can see you've done the research. You've really thought about this. And I know there are people, you've talked about that there are people who maybe don't live in a van right now. Maybe they live out of the back of their car, but they still make it work. Yeah, I've I've met so many people who live in a Camry. They live in a Subaru. Right. The goal is to be on the road. It's not about how fancy your van is. And I also realize how easy it is to say that with somebody who has a really pretty van. But if, if if the choice was to be in a van with just a mattress... Or to not be on the road at all, I would be in a van with a mattress. Like, it might not be the most comfortable thing, but I would do it until I could make it work and make enough money to make it nicer. Right. And that's why I was saying, because I know you've told me before, and I've seen on social media, people living out of their cars. And they do it. And I know when your dad and I, when our generation and the generation before us, people did that, we all thought they were hippies. But right. they would live in the back of a VW van or they would live in their car and they would just travel from here to there or They're whatever. The gypsies. Right. But now, like your dad said, with, with the internet and with social media and with all the technology, you the world is so much smaller than it used to be that it just makes everything so much easier. And you really can, if you put your mind to it, you can do so many different jobs literally from anywhere. And, I mean, it just makes it easy for somebody who really does want to travel all the time. Yeah. I think the world's a lot more open-minded to it, too. You know? So, you asked me to, to talk to a parent whose kids come to them. And that's what I would what I said is what I would tell them. What I would say to a, a young person who's going to their parents is to have your act together, man. Like Sharon said, have this in writing. Map it out. It, it literally map it out. Say, I want to leave... Nashville, Tennessee, if that's where you live, and here's where I'm going to go, and here's how long it'll take me to get there. And, and you know, at least initially, you have a plan. They know where you're going to be. But the other thing I would tell you is give your parents some space. Uh-huh. Put it on them and then, and then say, man, I'm here. I'll, I'll answer any of your questions, but I'm going to let you guys just kind of sit with this for a while. And give them some good social media accounts to look at because that's what you did. You told us some different social media accounts, and we started getting on Instagram, and we're like, oh, so this is really a thing. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people doing this. Especially if you're going to be a single woman living in a van, because that's what I started out as for so long. And so I didn't just show them a bunch of random accounts. I showed them solo women on the road that were doing it. So they, they didn't just know that families were doing it, men were doing it. They knew that single women were doing it and they were being safe about it. And that there was a possibility for me to do this without being hurt or kidnapped or trafficked. Yeah. I don't know. When you got Ella, your golden retriever... That made me feel a lot better, too. So I I don't know if I would recommend that everybody get a dog. But safety-wise, Ella has a really good bark. I was just going to say the first time he heard Ella bark, and she was a puppy, he he, he immediately turned and he was like, now that's a good bark. Yeah, well, it it is. You know, people aren't going to lazy. Criminals are lazy. They're not going to mess with that. They think there's a big dog in there. They're moving on, you know? I think it helped us too, probably initially, because you did start out with your ex-boyfriend. 
So we knew initially when you started out on this journey, you weren't alone. And just mentally, that helped us a little bit. And we thought, okay, you're with someone else, so... Yeah, I guess that's true. By the time I was doing it single, I had you already, had already been doing done it. it for quite a while. And then you did get Ella and we felt a lot better about that. Yeah. Now here you are. I've talked a lot about on the podcast without you guys, my mental health and the way that that has changed from my perspective. But I'd like to know how you, if you even see a difference, what that difference might look like from when I was living in Chicago, working the way I was and to now, even though I probably work, I don't work nearly as much. I was working about 80 hours a week. So I'm not, I'm probably working 50 now, but I'm doing Mm. something that I actually really love. For yourself. For myself. That's the thing. And that makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. It's a lot more empowering to be building my own brand slash business slash whatever this is. Slash empire slash dynasty. Oh my God. (laughs) He is my dad. Hashtag rule the world. Did we say he was my number one fan? Um, but yeah, it's very different to be doing that than working 80 hours for the most evil human being with the spirit of Satan. But, that, you know, that was a mistake. Taking that job was a mistake. And who, we, and who told me that it was a mistake? I did. We both told yeah, you multiple told times, you. quit that job. We will pay all your bills if you would just <laughs> quit that I job. I was living in a two-bedroom apartment in Chicago, so that's a good mom. But you're a poor college <laughs> student. We, There's nothing wrong with being a poor college student. Right. Eat ramen and go to class and shut up. But, you know, we you- hated your life. I mean, we hated what it was doing to you because we knew it was awful. But how did you know it was awful? Why do you think that? Was it just because I was telling you that I was unhappy? Well, you called us crying from the bathroom multiple times. But it was the time thing, and, too. And we knew that you were working all the time. And I knew at the end of your college career when you should be looking for jobs, you should be having fun, you were wrapping up college by scheduling your classes all online so you could continue to work 80 hours a week and then just do classwork when you had time. And that's not at all what we wanted for you. And we didn't think that's how a college student should should be living. But there is huge value in a terrible job. Absolutely. 100%. You want to carry, a every, I, I wish that everybody has one terrible job. When when you have a terrible job, when you just when you dread getting up in the morning and you dread going to work, and you, you that opens your eyes to what you do want and what you are willing to do to get to it, and you know in short time that's what happened in Chicago for you. That's what I was gonna say. I think it takes a lot of people at a job that they don't really like to you know twenty years later they're like you know what I think I want to get out of this and start new. And I think my job was so bad and I was so miserable that after two years and at the age of 22, I was like, I'm doing something else. I have to do something else. So, I mean, that job really is the reason why I'm living in a van and doing what I'm doing. Yeah. No, I I 100% agree. I I think you still would have done something. Indiana's not big enough for you. And I know that sounds crazy, but it's like, yeah, you need something else. You need something more. That's hard to say because I want you here every day. So does your mom. You know, we want to wake up and talk to you or come over to your house or whatever. And that's just not possible. But again, with just FaceTime and Skype and Instagram, that's why we, when we, you know, we tell you all the time, post more, post more pictures on Instagram, you know, but that's one of the ways we stay connected. Absolutely. It shows that I feel like I'm on Instagram more than any other 55 year old woman. I'm on Instagram all the time because I'm checking to see where you are, what you're doing, what you've posted, what Ella's doing. You look fabulous for 55, by the way. Thank you. If only we were recording this one on video. <laughs> exactly. Just crushing it. <laughs> but yeah, that is one of the ways that we keep tabs on you. Anyway. So if you had to guess, let's play a fun game. If you had to guess, what do you think that I will be doing in 30 years? Oh, gosh. You'll be running a corporation. Do you think it'll be my own corporation or do you think I'll be running like a big it'll business that's existing? No, it'll be it'll your be own. I I think you'll be doing your own thing in charge of your own everybody and you will be teaching other people how to live a fabulous life somehow, some way. Yeah, there's not a doubt in my mind. Um, and you know, that's the thing. You, you mentioned earlier that we were supportive of all the different things you wanted to do. But if you look at it now, and I mean, I think we've kind of seen this from the beginning. You went and you got a college degree in... In fashion business. Uh-huh. And you took yoga training. And, and got worked, certified. And you got certified. And then you started living in a van and, you know, working on your writing and your photography. There's a lot of synergy there. 
And somewhere in this world, and it's going to happen well before 30 years, Mm -hmm. all of those things are going to come together. And you're going to, and that's why when you say, you know, would you rather I have not gone to college? No, because it's going to be relevant at some point. It really is. It, it already is. I was going to say, I think it already has been. But there's going to be, there's going to be something there where I think that stuff all comes together. And I believe that I think you're a fabulous writer. I agree. I, I mean, people listening to this, listen, they read your captions. It's ridiculous how it just kind of flows. The pictures you take are better than most on Instagram. You know, for you're not a professional photographer. You I truly do have little knowledge of what self-taught. I'm doing. You've but taught yourself I. everything. You built your own website. You taught yourself how to do a podcast. You taught yourself how to take fabulous pictures. You've literally done all of this on your own. Yeah. Well, you really have no choice when you're on a budget. Well, but there's a place for people <laughs> like that in, in, the, in the business world or in, in whatever world you, it's, you want. You can still be whatever you want to be. Yeah. yeah. No, I love that. See, really. but this is... Guys, anyone listening, this is why... I am the way that I am. I I really, I don't know how I would be this way if I did not have the two of you being the way that you have. I mean, people have essentially just listened to an hour of you guys, to some degree, kissing my ass. (laughs) (laughs) And telling me that I can be, like, they've been saying everything they've said for the last hour. They've been saying it, I mean, since I could understand their words. Like, I've never been taught anything else. So I do feel for anybody who is like, okay, but I feel everything that you want, but I don't have people behind me that way. And so, I mean, do you have any advice? Because we haven't really touched on this at all, but neither of my parents, and that's why they are this way, they do not come from parents that are this. Like my mom said earlier a little bit, she was expected to be a, a farmer or like the Farmer's wife. wife. Yeah. The, I mean, my grandfather, her, her dad was a farmer and his wife lived for him. All she did was cook, clean. If he needed to take his shoes off at the end of the workday, she was there to take them off. If he needed to brush his teeth, she would do that for him. I mean, if this man needed anything, she lived and breathed to be his wife, which is great. That's what, that's all she wanted to do, but that's because that was their life. That's what they expected from my mom. So it's not like she came from a family where she was allowed to be anything she wanted to be. And my dad came from a wildly different situation. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not gonna go into that. But, I, but, but my dad was this supportive. Yeah. My, without without I mean, the resources. I mean, you, what, me, what, what, what meager resources we have. He didn't even have the this. Can so you please could, briefly go like to, I had the way I just talked <clears throat> about hers, and I'm sorry I did speak for you. That's okay. Um, but I do know both of their stories, and my dad's is honestly, I mean, but like it's so wild that I don't think I can even really touch on it. And I would rather you say whatever you're comfortable talking about. Just poor Eastside <laughs> uh, teenage family, teenage parents that weren't ready to have a kid at that time, and then that kind of blew up later when they were in their early twenties and wanted to have a teenage life. And so, yeah, things just went kind of awry that way. But my dad was very supportive. You know, he didn't, again, he scratched out a living, but we always made it to the 500 because he found the money to take us to the race or he found the money to buy us the, the cool new tennis shoes, even though he was going without. He And I mean that literally. He lived in a studio and worked two or three what he called swindler jobs. Uh, and he would always take us to cool places that were free. Yeah, you know, he always knew, like we couldn't afford to go to a Pacers game, but he knew that the NBA teams were staying at a particular airport or not airport hotel downtown, and so he would take me and my brother to the hotel at like four four thirty in the afternoon. And back in the day, back in the late seventies, early eighties, there was very little security, so the teams would come down to the lobby, and Larry Bird and Magic Johnson and Julius Irving and all those guys would just be standing around in the lobby waiting on the bus. And so my dad would put us in those positions. <laughs> but didn't you guys go to like different sides of the hotel just to increase your chances of seeing them? Yeah. Like and one of you would stand on one side of the door. And didn't you call Magic Johnson's hotel room one day? I called Daryl Dawkins' hotel room. Yeah, he yeah. called Daryl Dawkins' hotel room and asked him when he was coming down. He said, you're going to be down in a minute, partner. And I said, okay. <laughs> And he came down, we sat on the couch together and shot the bowl. And I mean, he just, he gave me an autograph. And so we would meet all those guys. And you think, people are like, man, your dad's the greatest. He must be rich. No, he didn't have a nickel. When that, he said, that that this free. isn't like so. That like, was free. We just showed up. Right. But you know what else that proves to me is that anything's possible. You can do whatever you want. These people are just people. 
Right. They're, they're going to get on a bus and they're going to drive to the arena like everybody else. Why don't you go meet them? Well, I, my dad taught me that. And right. And when I tell you stuff, do whatever you want. Walk up to whoever you want. They're right. A person, you know? Right. So I do love, I mean, my grandfather on my dad's side, unfortunately not so much my mom's side. <laughs> It's okay. But was, I mean, just one of the most, which unfortunately both now are deceased, but my dad's dad was just the funniest man. Like, I mean, I guess he had more money as a grandfather. Like, once he was sure. older and stuff, yeah. they had a decent house in Florida. But I, just one of the the best people to have around you. Like, you just wanted to sit down with him on the couch all the time because no matter what you were doing, you were going to pee your pants laughing. I mean, yeah. he if he didn't have much, he sure had a sense of humor. Yeah. And that goes back to what I said at the very beginning of our podcast that, you know, I just, my whole life, I just wanted to be the dad in that relationship, which is what right. I Right. You now, wanted you know to replicate what, I mean? what your father just, gave to you. I don't, yeah. And my dad wanted me to, to do other things. You know, he it's, it's similar. It's the same relationship because he t- he would tell me, he was like, you could be Dan Rather. You could be on the news. You should be, you know, I'm like, I don't want to do that. I just want a, a daughter or a son and I just want to hang out with him, do what you do with right. me. Right. Well, because he was able to give you, he, he was able to give you a lot of support, but he was never able to give you a normal life. Like those moments that you have with him, you remember so clearly because they were quite literally your only amazing yeah, moments. Sure. Like everything else was lower. So like you really highlight those kinds of times as an adult. So I think you kind of wanted to give us the support he gave you in addition to like a normal, stable foundation. Yeah. Just a foundation life. I think that's what Sharon or your mom and I both wanted to do was just, let's just, let's just make a foundation from which our kids can then go do great things. And the fact of the matter is we could have, if we wanted to, but we just, we just want a family. That's all. We just wanted a family and we wanted to be supportive. And, you know, our only ask of you really is to do the most with it. And when you have kids, to be as supportive, if not more so. Love that. I agree. And I we also, agree. we already get to see Casey be that way with Mason. 100%. Oh, my gosh. It's, it. it's really cool to see. I mean, Mason is the first baby in the family since me. And so it is very cool to see a kid in our family experience nothing but love. Like, the kid has never... He doesn't know anything else. Right. Like he, everyone in our family is so obsessed with him that it's like, it really is interesting to watch a baby. I mean, from, from the day he was born at the hospital to just watch him just be smothered in obsession and love. And like, it will be really fun, obviously, to watch him grow up with that and knowing that he is getting raised like that and to just see what he's able to do with that. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's my first, like you guys, obviously, like you got to raise me and Casey. So you kind of have that experience of just at least watching us, you know, see what we do with our lives. But he's the first kid I ever get to see be like, be that. Right. And I think your dad and I both took things from our parents, as bad as this may sound, on what not to do as parents. I mean, we obviously have some very good traits from our parents, but we also learned things that we wanted to make sure we did differently, just like the normal home life. You know, we wanted you to know how well you were supported and how much you were loved. Yeah. You know, to the point, and then, but you said you, it's not obvious that you could stay here if you had an issue. This is your house. Why could you not, why wouldn't no. you stay here? I, I know what you're saying, but I'm, okay. I want you to understand how we think. This is your house as much as it is ours. You can show up whenever you want and stay right. here. Right. And but respectfully I meant obvious to them. Like it's obvious sure. it's obvious to me because I know you guys and I know that you'd welcome me in anytime. But I meant obvious because I don't think everyone assumes that that's so obvious. Like to a lot of people when they're 18, like they're either asked to leave or it's just kind of implied. Like when you're like, sure. you know, like I had friends growing up that it was expected of them when you're 18 years old, you're going to go either go to college, get an apartment. We don't really care what you do, but we're done raising you. And you and mom have always had the perspective of like, no, like we'll always be raising you. True. Now, if you move back in, you'd have a time limit. I mean, you're going to flop here forever. <laughs> what do you for mean? Sure. But, you know, yeah. <laughs> don't fear the empty nest. <laughs> It's not bad. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not bad. We've been able to do a lot of things that we couldn't do. Yeah. Like finish the basement and get new furniture. Oh, <laughs> As soon as I leave, they turn to the cement basement into like the basement of a, of a dream. Travel and he goes hunting all the time. No, yeah. I but it's well deserved. Anything else? Any facts you want to spit? Is that what the kids are saying these days? I have no idea. As <laughs> it was coming out, I was like, this doesn't sound so great. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, other than the worry is better. I don't worry as much. 
still worry. And then here recently, I think you've elevated your my game. Your game. I almost want to say brand, but that's so impersonal. I think you're somebody to be reckoned with. I really do. But I think you got to keep going. I mean, I was just saying, I'm nowhere near. Just starting. You're a 24 year old. You've lived. You've lived a. A lot of years in that 24. You, but, but. You have. You've done more in 24 years than most people do their entire life. You're you, different, though. You are different. And we absolutely love every bit of that. I love most of that. <laughs> no, I, I really do love. I was actually thinking this with Kristen, but I love this podcast because it really does force me and the people I love the most, Katie, Kristen, Lee, you guys, everyone that I've had on this podcast thus far, to sit down and actually say things to each other that I don't think that you typically get to say. Yeah. Like, right. I, you don't really just sit down with your parents every day and talk about how much you love each other. So it's kind of cool. Yeah, it really is. And we're not going to stop. Sweet. Yeah, there'll be a part two sometime. You have to <laughs> come up with a new topic to kind of talk about. Perfect. We'll find you on the road. Maybe we could sit in the parking lot some night at a big lots. <laughs> That'd be I would nice. love that. <laughs> we'll okay. talk to you after our trek around out west. Oh my gosh, that's part two. Right. They're going to go on the, yeah, the two-week trip, the road trip in the RV. They're going to go to BLM. I've kind of given them the rundown of what BLM is. They're learning things on how to, how yeah. to van life it right. Well, remember, I stayed in the van. Yeah, my dad did. My dad did van life for like three days. I was supposed to, and it didn't work that way. Yeah, my mom. My mom was flying in to van life for a few days the day after I got into a car crash. So she ended up staying in a hotel. Or was that the day? No, that That was was when Ella had surgery. surgery. Yeah, that that's true. California was was on fire. Yeah, that was not. That yeah, that was not the car crash. That was she flew in right after Ella had her big surgery. And that was even a way worse time than the car crash. Absolutely. Quite the week. But yeah, okay. Well, love you both. Love you too. You're awesome. Thanks. You're awesome. Thank you for listening, guys. Hopefully this was interesting. And I'll see you next week. Bye.